0: Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You Podcast. Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine.
1: Good evening, ladies and gents. It's yet another bloody episode of Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops, the Pro Wrestling For You Podcast with me, Mr. Phil Woodvine. And on today's show, we've got someone I've been looking forward to speaking to for a very long time. He's someone that has got the, the brightest future in professional wrestling. And I'm sure after this episode, you're going to think exactly the same. So please allow me to introduce you, Mr. Chocolate Funder. <laughs> do I call you now? Do I call you Chucky? Do I call you Funder? Do I call you Mr. Funder? What do I call you?
0: You can call me whatever you like this. Uh, I've been called all sorts in my time. So Chucky, Chalk, Funder, Mr. Funder, Mr. Chalk, whatever you so please.
1: Well, do you not think, right? Because I've said this on a few episodes before this. When you find out wrestlers' sort of real names, it's weird because once you've got to know them by by their sort of ring name, it's really difficult to get to know them and to call them their actual real name. Do you not know think that?
0: It is a bit, yeah. It's got to, it's got to the point where I refer to people who I know, like in my sort of social circles, as their ring names, and if someone were to yell. Chuck in the middle of this, in the middle of a high street. While I was walking down it. I would probably turn around. So it's got to that point where it's like, yeah, you know what? Just just call me whatever you want, mate.
1: Because well, my go-to is uh, is Dylan Roberts. I've only ever known him as Dylan Roberts, and I found out years after knowing him, And meeting him, working in shows, his real name's Neil. I'm like, fuck off. It's <laughs> not Neil. He's Dylan. Like, it, it, I can't do it. Each time I look at him, go, "Oh, that's Dylan." Ah, oh, but Phil, you know, his real name's Neil. And I have to have this argument with myself, like, no, he's not a Neil. Neil's someone that's going to sit you down and do a PowerPoint presentation. That's not Dylan Roberts. No, definitely not.
0: I would strongly disagree with you there. I think Neil's a very strong name. <clears throat> not that I'm in way biased or anything, but uh, it is strange when you sort of learn people's real names and then you go, oh. I never had you down as a Kevin or a Dave or yeah. or something like that. <laughs>
1: had, had I got introduced to him as Neil, it wouldn't have bothered me. Like, oh, that's Neil, that's cool. But <laughs> I was just, I just never assumed because yeah, it it, Dylan sounds like a real you Neil, know, which is obviously a real name. So I thought, well, he's not going to have made it up. So I just assumed that was his name, and I think that's kind of kind of thrown me off a little bit, especially as it's been years. I used to see him like on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, so someone to just go. Oh yeah! By the way, it's Neil.
0: <laughs> no,
1: you may as well said. By the way, his real name's Elizabeth or Jennifer or something. <laughs> it, it, it caught me that unawares. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll call you Chucky because then and it's it's just fucking easier because yeah. once it sticks, it sticks. It's all good. But oh, I'm gonna, Chucky I'm gonna, definitely sticks. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to ask because like you've not been subtle with with that name at all. Like, you have, you have jumped right at the deep end. You've not gone for, like, a very subtle, everyone, the same thing everyone does right out the gate. They'll go for a name that's either alliteration, so it's like M-M-D-D-C-C-K-K. That's not KKK, fucking hell. <laughs> everyone goes down, down that route. Or they'll go down, like, a normal name, like Dave or John, and then they mix it up with something kind of a bit Marvel, a bit, Silly, a bit crazy too. It's just like Johnny Turbo Pants. Like it's, and you've not gone down that at all. You've gone right in at the deep end. You've gone chocolate funder. Now, I I'm not gonna lie. I googled you, and there's a couple of things I want to talk about. One's really cool. One's not quite so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, if if you've googled your you know, your name yourself, you'll probably be aware of these already
0: uh yeah I, I do sometimes vanity search myself so admittedly yes i do <laughs> maybe we, we've all done it we've all done it oh yeah
1: everyone's googled themselves
0: <laughs> yeah i am guilty of it I'll, I'll admit um i'm i'm sort i've sort of seen a varied mixture of things about myself but yeah i'll be interested to see what you bring up <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, before I tell you that, because obviously I don't want to shit on your chips too early, but why do you you go for the name Chocolate Funder? Because is this your first name in the business?
0: It pretty much is, yeah. So I'll be honest, the whole film thing came about, obviously. I was starting to train. I was getting to the point where I was going to be on matches at the place I train at, which is uh, from the (coughs) ground-up School of Wrestling in Leicester. Um, So they were like, okay. I was like, okay. I need a gimmick I need a name and I did do the roundabout thing like you just mentioned where I thought "Mm, I want it to be kind of Asian but I want it to be sort of cool sounding and I came up with all these names and I think I did one sort of short rumble appearance as like Jay Khan or something like that and I was I was still a bit like uh, it's a bit stereotypically Asian you know what I mean I I was kind of like oh it's Jay Khan he is is jcon um but yeah then i was just i i was in a training school one day and we were practicing promos and i referred to myself as chocolate Funder and it popped everybody and they were just like dude you need to go with that name and i was like oh okay i think i've got something here and then from there just like Everything just grew organically, like talking to my trainer and like talking to other people saying, Oh, you, you could do this with a character, and it's just sort of evolved into this mad, sort of almost like crazy dude that wears a purple jacket and a crazy hat, and it's just all sorts of men- levels of mental. And yeah, it's, it's just formed from just almost an off the cuff joke.
1: Well, do you not think that that's kind of how, like, some of the best things come around, just from, like, an off-the-cuff comment? I mean, for me, I mean, I'm a big Rick Mail fan, so you see this character called um, Alan Bastard. Yes. Yeah, and someone just said a joke to me one time, because I was trying to think of my sort of first wrestling name, and I went down the alliteration route, I was like, I'll be Dagon DeVille, because I I used to go go, to Barber College and I looked a bit like Cruella DeVille because I had black hair with this white streak going through. Uh And someone was like, oh, you're a bit like Cruella DeVille. I was like, ah, DeVille, I like that name. And then my dad had told me one time that he was thinking about calling me Dagan before I was born, and then he changed to Phil right right at the last minute. I was like, Dagan DeVille, that's amazing. And then that kind of, it's difficult to say, especially with a Stoke-on-Trent accent. (laughs) and The announcer that I was working for at the time. He couldn't say the name at all. It's like he was trying to start up a moped when he'd say to like the day, day ginger, ging oh, for <laughs> God's sake. Someone, I think it was someone I was dating at the time, just said, Why don't you be like Phil T bastard? Like filthy bastard. I was like, well, wait, where, why that come Where's that just come from? said, like, well, there's like a filthy animal in in a band, I can't what the band is. Um, you could be like Phil T." bastard, bit like Bastard, like a rip male. I'm like, oh, there it is. Brilliant. It is. Yeah, and once once that's kind of like sunk in and you go, that's it. Fill fill tea and then just filthy just kind of came from that. I can imagine as soon as someone you know you chocolate funder came up and everyone's said like,
0: Oh, there it is. Yeah.
1: That's, that's the one.
0: It was literally like a light bulb moment. It was just like mate you need to run with that and I, I was sort of like I just, I just said it for a laugh and then all of a sudden it as I said it just evolved into my whole persona and like you said like sometimes it's the simplest things that just almost like uh, just catch a massive wave like I mean going back to wrestling you totally you look at what and yes, like two of the biggest things that to ever come out of it were just like simple one word sayings that everybody uses in their vocabulary. But um yeah, chocolate thunder was just like like a like lightning bolt and like literally and um yeah, it's just it's just like evolved from there, really. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I I'm gonna blow a bit of smoke at your are. So I apologise on a well yeah, I, I compliment I yeah, I think people should compliment people a lot more. You know, that's that's just something um that's just how, how I am and what I was trying to get people to do as well. Yeah. Now, for me, the beauty of professional wrestling, it's why I don't I can't get into football, I can't get into boxing, I can't get into MMA, because wrestling it's it's over the top, it's colorful, it's vibrant, and there's nothing else on this world that's like professional wrestling. And you must you know, you must have seen, so you're walking around your local town, your local city, you'll see a poster for a local MMA show, and it's 10, 15 guys on the poster all pulling the same pose. They all look exactly the same. They're all on, under their real name. It's like, hi, my name's uh, Adam Smith, and they're just doing a little generic two-fist-up pose. And you think, well, yeah. that's fucking boring. Like You look exactly like everybody else. Move on to yourself. If you put on the poster by um Starving Tonight, Wrestling Tonight, Chocolate Funder, just the name from the get-go is like, okay, you've got my attention. Then throw in the sunglasses, the hat, the 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 big fluffy purple ring jacket. It's like, okay, I'm 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 I don't know what I'm expecting this poster. It could be a male sort of burlesque show. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But you but you have you've, you've hooked me because you You've shown something, and I've read something that you don't see an average everyday kind of life. You, oh, okay. Let's let's see what a bit more of this is about. And I think, assuming you're very very young into your wrestling career, you've kind of jumped ahead so many fucking steps that a lot of people have been they've been doing this for a good few years. Even they're not up to that sort of stage yet. It, I mean, are you aware that that's what you've what you've done? I mean, is that how you sort of see yourself?
0: Um, I would say that to a degree, yeah, because, you know, I, I've broken, so I've started wrestling at the same time as a bunch of people at the place I train and, you know, it's not an easy thing to go out there in the middle of a ring in front of like 200, 300 people and you're, you're obviously like not fully clothed, you're sort of trying to act out a persona and it, it's difficult. So for me to just say, you know what, fuck it. Um, I'm just gonna wear this stupid hat, this stupid jacket, these crazy sunglasses, go out and just funny around like a complete idiot. <laughs> it it it's, it's I'm aware like not a lot of people can do it. And like a lot of feedback a lot of the feedback I've got about Chocolate thunder is you you are doing something that not a lot of people can do. And it takes a lot of like mental strength. Because you know, um, I guess I, d- I don't really. I'm one of those people that doesn't really care much about what people think of me, which is probably a big bonus in a gimmick like this.
1: But it's a bonus in life. Let's be yeah. honest, it's you know, if if um, yeah, you know, more people kind of just yeah. quality, because there's no one that goes through this life without getting some kind of abuse. Everyone's been bullied to a certain degree. Everyone's, whether it's in an office job, whether it's in a warehouse job, whether it's in wrestling, whether it's whatever, there's dickheads in life and all walks walks of life, all aspects. If you can just learn, just go, all right, mate, whatever, and just walk off, you disarm them. And you've done that right from the get go. You've gone, fuck it, mate, you know, I'm walking around in my little skimpies. Let's add, add on to that funky hat funky glasses big coat go with the, this really outlandish name like there's nothing i don't think there's anything that anyone could say to you that would catch you off guard
0: yeah it is i've spoke about this before it's it's almost like an alter ego chocolate pudding. yeah it's like i throw the jacket on i throw the glasses and the shades on, and i'm like you know what no one can touch me because i already i should agree i already look like Ridiculous. So, what you're gonna say, like, oh, uh, you you look like a bell end? It's like, well, obviously, I look like a bell end, but at least I've got the balls to do it, like in public. You know, put myself out there. Um, it, it's yeah, like it's the complete. shock is the complete pole opposite of me, like in real life. Like, I, I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm completely withdrawn, but I'm not like extremely outgoing. Like, I have my close group of friends. But, um, you know, Chocolate Thunder himself is just obviously out there. He puts himself out there. He's not afraid to speak his mind or do what he wants. So it's it's almost like a nice release to sort of yeah. just be someone else and just like be the guy who you sort of think who's just super confident and, you know, he fancies himself a bit as a ladies' man. And I think it's the same for people certain people in the audience as well because i i get that kind of because it's weird how many people like sort of love the gimmick because i always thought i was a bit in two minds i was like i'm not sure if people are gonna like get it or you know get behind it but like the majority of people that i speak to are just like man i, I love your gimmick
1: yeah mate, i, I I'm, I'm one of those people i say like, I'll. Yeah, you know, I'll give people a compliment. I've never I've never met you, you know, in, in person. We've yeah. not had you on a person for you show yet. And I've dropped you compliments and said, mate, fucking love it. Just keep just keep doing it. Rest that's what wrestling's about, you know. Colourful, vibrant, over the top, funny, don't give a fuck. That's that's wrestling. That's what makes that's when wrestling's at its best. You know, and I think I think you sum it up really fucking well and say so you're really early into your career so like i wish more people took that kind of bull by the horns like that you have and just gone fuck it like rather than just tiptoe in let's just dive in at the deep end who gives yeah. a fuck just go with it because i think no one is born this might sound a bit philosophical so i do i do apologize but no one is born completely confident so i think you do have to fake it till you make it
0: I agree,
1: I agree 100%, yeah. yeah, you just got to go, well, uh, I'm going to slip into my little filthy persona, I'm no longer Phil Woodside. Filthy is pro wrestling's Rick Mail. that's how I've always kind of wanted to be, because you couldn't catch Rick off guard, and you're asking for an autograph, and he'd ask if he could bone your wife, like, that's Rick Mail. that's fucking brilliant stuff, and I thought, the balls on that guy to do some of this, but even he must have, like, had to have learnt that, and everyone starts out shy and underconfident so you just learn whatever you can learn and then you just fake it till you make it till all of a sudden you're like yeah fuck it, this is me now so you know phil woodvine doesn't exist it's just filthy so I, I think the thing a lot of people kind of go down that route they use wrestling to bring out their the person that they want to be sexy cab's a great example yeah um really shy quiet guy normally backstage pretty keeps himself to himself second he goes through that curtain he's gyrating he's chucking his pants in people's faces and then he gets backstage he's like oh was that a bit much was that a bit much and he sits there and he has his little tupperware tub full of food you think this is nuts everyone's a like everyone's Jekyll and Hyde, but well, that's what makes wrestling fucking brilliant
0: oh 100% like like you met it's funny you should say um uh, about you know stuff like that because it's, it is just like is a Jekyll and Hyde thing like it's you know, like one minute I'm like sat in my car just wearing jeans and a t-shirt just chatting to people and all of a sudden I go out into the crowd and I'm sort of shaking my ass around stancing around yelling at people and yeah, it, it it literally is just. It's almost like Superman. Like Clark Kent runs into a phone booth, comes out, and he's Superman. Like for me, it's just whack the jacket on, spray on some deodorant, and boom, I'm in the moment. Uh-huh. And um, like you, but I like how you said um, you fake it till you make it kind. Fake it till you make it kind of mentality, which I think everyone does have. I I completely agree with you because like um. I was like that I was never a confident person I was extremely like withdrawn like in my younger years and to the point where it sort of stunted me but yeah you know as I've gotten older and more confident as where I've sort of gone you know what it, it I've just got I've just got to, like at least try and put on the impression that I'm trying <laughs> and you know you just sort of pretend you've got your shit together and pretend that you know you've got this and you know, to, then it comes to a point where you go. Actually, I actually have, and it this this isn't like a big deal for me. And yeah. I think there's a lot of people like that in the business, and I get it. Like, like I mentioned earlier, it's not an easy thing to like put yourself out there. Like you have to when you're wrestling, and um, yeah, it's. I definitely agree with that sentiment.
1: I mean, like, if you've ever seen that movie, um, I think it's uh, Catch Me If You Can. I think I- that for me is. It, it's. I think it is fake it till you make it. Just completely go with it. Just completely uh, believe you are that person, believe you are that character, believe you are that job, yeah. whatever it is. Um, I'm probably going to let on a little bit much now, but fuck it, I'll tell you anyway. There's a supermarket near where I live, and I don't work at this fucking place, but I can walk into their staff room with a generic lanyard around my neck, just a bright red lanyard, and I put the process, Leaflets in their staff room because no one stops a person in a lanyard. And that, that sounds really fucking bad. And I, I can't believe I've not got a rest or whatever. I just walk in, I've got like a, a smartish black shirt, just undo the top button. So it looks like that businessman trying to be a bit casual. I just go walking in, red lanyard around my neck. And if anyone kind of stops me, I just. Into Captain Bullshit, and I just start going, Yeah, I was just going on my break. I'll come back to you in 10 minutes. If you say you have confidence, people believe you. And I walk off into the staff room going, How am I not getting arrested? This is ridiculous. I go in, I put the leaflets in, I sit down, have a cup of coffee, chat to some staff members, and then I get up and I just take the lanyard off, and I'm-, I'm away for it till the next show.
0: That's incredible. That like, fair play to you for doing that. I would never have the guts to do that. Like, it's weird because I, I I one of my jobs when I was younger was I worked at Wilco's and I managed to nab one of the like staff uniforms. So part of me was like one day I'm gonna wear that and just walk into a Wilco shop and just fuck around with like the c- customers and that because give them a taste of their own medicine. But um uh, yeah, I I that's one really good example. Like if you give the impression that you're the shit people will sort of go you know what this guy is legitimately like super confident and like he is this person that is that he is portraying and no one it's, it's great when no one questions it like sometimes i'll get the odd message it's like are you actually like that in real life and i'm like do you think I'm like that in real life <laughs> and it's just like you you've got a jacket haven't you that you wear like that I was like, oh, I might do oh, you never know uh, but yeah that that's a really good example of just like you know if you act like you are or what you portray then people will buy into it yeah absolutely absolutely
1: uh, because there's a, like another like sort of mantra that I like. I mean, fake it till you make it is kind of like sums it up. But I got told one time confidence is a confidence trick and yeah. I didn't get, I didn't understand what they meant because they just said it left and he said, yeah, think about it. I thought nah, that's a load of bollocks. But then it kind of is, you know, you say anything with enough confidence and people believe it. You think, fucking hell, okay. Just, you know, just uh, like like for me, like airline, airline pilots, there's your best example. When they come yeah. over the tannoy, They've got to be so confident when they speak to you, because if you wouldn't have me going over the tannoy, would you? Like, I'm not a good, I'm not a good flyer anyway. But say you're going on holiday, you're going Grand Canaries for a three hour trip, and you're sat there like, oh, I hate flying, I hate this. It's three hours on this plane, I don't like it. I don't like what it takes off. I don't like what it lands. Horrible. And then my voice comes over the tannoy. Oh fucking hell! What am I doing? You don't, you don't need that, do you? You need that. That proper confident pilot's voice, a bit smarmy, a bit game show. Ah, oh, do you you want, <laughs> ladies and gents? We'll uh, get you there in uh, plenty of time. You just sit back and enjoy, yeah, and we'll see. See you when we land. That's the voice you need. That's that cut. You fake it till you make it. You don't need me. Good old fucking hell. I think yeah. we've got a flat tire. Don't need it. Do not need it.
0: Yeah, I think I think most people do like to be led, which is a weird thing to say but you know they like to have someone else to tell them you know this is going to be okay or this is what we need to do and you know if you take that role and just decide you know what I'm going to be that guy then i think most people won't question you and they'll just be like okay we'll yeah. follow what this guy is saying uh, it's a w- is a weird like psychological thing like right? i've i never really thought of myself as a person who would ever do anything like this like if you asked me like 10 years ago uh, would you be a wrestler and would you go in a ring wearing purple pants and would you like shake your ass around and do all this kind of crazy stuff i'd have looked at you like you've like just stepped out of like an asylum um but yeah it's 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 really it's really intriguing
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, put, put like a little timestamp on this for me. How long have you been in this business? Know, oh, how old are you even?
0: Um, so I'm in my mid to late 30s, which oh, a lot of people okay. don't don't really believe. But believe me, I have been around for, for a while. Um, but yeah, I started training training to wrestle. Uh, about six years ago, uh, started training at a school in Leicester, which was Robbie Brookside School, uh, until he went off to NXT. Um, uh, got got we did really well. Uh, then had to take a year, a year or so out, just because life got in the way, and it was just like quite a straight room. But then I got back into it, and then I started doing shows around about three years ago and yeah from there it's just been like a journey just from going from this like complete rookie to uh, where I am now where I'm just starting to appear for more promotions around the country so I'm getting a nice wave of momentum going which was nice after Covid and everything like that so yeah it is it doesn't quite seem like that long ago when I started training but when I sit, sit back and think about it it's like wow I've been doing this for like five years, and I'm not even like at a like like a really high level. I guess I'm more I'm, like you like you say. I've not been around for long in the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's just me um, looking at it from oh, you you've come onto my radar. I mean, I try and keep keep my ear to the ground and. Yeah, see the new characters because I mean the Stoke on Trent wrestling crowd—they like their characters, they like yeah. their personalities. You know, um, like I've always said, if it brought someone like Davy Richards in and one of the Bushwhackers in, Davy Richards wouldn't get a look in. I, the fans don't tend to want that sort of five-star technical, high, super high work rate kind yeah. of wrestling. They want late '80s, early '90s kind of wrestling. You know, where it was colourful and fun and People had face paint and ridiculous sort of outfits and that sort of thing, so um, I was you know, trying to keep my ear to the ground to trying to look for you know, people that would fit that kind of mold because I know that's what you know, the person few fans especially would react to. So as soon as um, I think someone pointed me in your direction, I was like, "Oh okay, I like where, where this guy's going he's, he, he's not being subtle in the slightest <laughs> but, you know um. But yeah, I'd say yeah, you know, five six years is pretty early-ish into this business, especially if you take out the year that you took off. You take out the year of obviously Corona, which we all had to deal with. Yeah, um, that you were still really young into your sort of wrestling career. But if you don't mind me saying, how come you left? So you would have been what early, very early thirties when you started trading?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was one of those. Again, this is going back to my confidence. So I had seen. Obviously there was a school it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. So obviously, I obviously I was a fan of wrestling when I was a kid, uh grew up on the Attitude Era and all that stuff and I was just something like that like, fascinated me. And obviously way back when get trying to find a wrestling school was like yeah. just like, you know, trying to get into like the um just a very close society I would say so I didn't really know where to go I didn't know who to speak to Uh, so it was just one of those like pipe dream things almost and then obviously I found out about a school where in Leicester and I was like okay I want to go but at the same time you hear all these stories like as as a fan that you know when you get someone new into like a training school they just beat the crap out of you and then just chuck you out on the street and I was like just like I don't want that to happen or they make you do drills till you're sick and I was just like okay I need to get some confidence because here because I'm going in on my own to a place I know nothing about and it took me a few years before I was like you know what I'm just gonna go down and just see what it's like and see if see if I'm cut out for it and yeah one session and I was like yeah I can do this and from there it just went on but it it is a little bit frustrating that I I started really late into my like life doing this because you know I see all these guys who are like in their 20s and they're just so amazingly talented and they've got so much of their life ahead of them whereas I'm just like yeah <laughs> great hairs are coming through <laughs> knees are going, yeah wonderful. you can do a uh, moon standing moonsault great <laughs> i
1: mean but but like in in all fairness though like for, for the people that can do a standing salt, if if they're doing that and they've got no personality to back it up yeah. People don't. People don't go to you know, to school or to work the next day and say, oh, "I you see the uh, the guy that did a moonsault to get into the ring at the start of the show." No one fucking does that. But so yeah. I can guarantee they say, "Did you see that dude with the hat who shoved his ass in my face?" Yeah, because it's, it's That's that's yeah. You know, what wrestling does personality will always get over. So, um, you know, the, the age thing. I'm, I mean, I'm 37 now. Am I older or younger than yourself?
0: Uh, you are just older than me.
1: Cheers, nice one. Didn't take that fucking bullet for me. what <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh,
0: I'm not far I'm, behind. I'm, I'm not very far behind you. I'll say that much. Uh,
1: not very fair. far at all. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I started in 2007, so what's that about 13, 14 years? And uh, I, I kind of mentor a couple of wrestling guys here in Stoke. I called uh, Jack nudson and yep. uh, Benjamin Harland, and uh, a couple of us. And then, sort of, I think Jack's 18, 19, yeah. uh, he's a couple of years older, maybe 20, 21.
0: I met and him, I was um, sorry to interrupt. I was just, I met him at a PCW show, actually, not so, not so long ago. I was actually tagged with him, uh, Jack Knudsen and Love uh, lover Lad. So, yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah.
1: But did, did he make you feel a bit like you're a granddad? Cause yes. <laughs> some of the stuff. Like, I'd say something too now. Jack Nud Lund- is, is awesome because he's he loves his old school wrestling. So if you say to him, Oh, I bet you want to saw this match from 1988, you go, Fuck off, I've seen it. He'd go, Oh, okay. And then he kind of gives you a little bit of confidence. He started talking about wrestling from the 80s and he's seeing it all. And then you'll mention Music from the '90s, and that's where he where he kind of loses him. And he goes, "No, no idea who are the bengal the Boys he's like." Oh, piss off!
0: <laughs> yeah, which is weird because his gimmick's like a Manchester sort of mad lad, isn't it? So yeah, uh... I
1: refer to him as um. Lee, oh, is he Liam Gallagher's favorite wrestler? Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's like there's a, there's a few guys at our school who are like not even in their twenties, and like talking to them it's just like oh i feel so old
1: <laughs> you know what, I think the best thing about this is i mean like because i've obviously i've got those guys and i'm i'm a good yeah 15 years kind of old, oh god that sound bad 15 years older than them but i've got keith myatt on my doorstep and he's one of my my best friends my mentors just a perfect human being and he's 62 61 62 yeah. and he's still wrestling you know, and I kind of think, well, he's the next generation up from me and he's still wrestling. So this is not bad. This is this is three generations all under one roof. Like I quite like that. I quite like being the middle guy because I don't know as much as Keith. But I do know more than them. And they might look a bit up to me. Cause I like how I look, obviously, up to Keith. There's, there's something nice there,
0: you know, although it does make me feel old as fuck. So. <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice being the sort of middle ground I guess isn't it so you're not you're not classed as the really old person but you're classed as the guy who maybe has a bit more life experience but um yeah it we kind I kind of get that so I'm probably I think I'm one of the oldest guys at the main school I go to so yeah it I I almost okay I, I for me age is just a number so yeah i try i try and obviously keep up with them there's some things that i can't do or some things i can't talk about because i have no idea like pop culture just incredibly passes me by <laughs> but to a degree i have to be aware of it because obviously there are things like i have to give off the illusion that chocolate thunder is up on his pop culture and is super like confident and trendy so i have to sort of keep up with things like i was looking on uh actually Big Jim turned me onto this uh, coat that was on uh, the internet the other day on a, on a shopping site and it was this big purple rubber puffer, puffer jacket shiny <laughs> and it just looked like I was looking at it going oh my god that looks like the kind of thing he would wear and it, I was just like do people wear this like in real life like it's on a shopping site so people must buy it and like Wear it legit, like outside for like a fashion. And I was, I was getting, I, I literally had to ask someone, I was like, is this like something people would wear or is it like, is it not worth buying? And yeah, I'm just like, not a clue these days. I, I am just so out of touch, admittedly. <laughs>
1: You've restored a little bit of my faith, you know? Like, one of my mates used the term and she, she said it without even being ironic. She used the term "fleek," and I was like, "Fuck off!" Oh yeah, yeah. open the dictionary. There's a million words in there. Don't start making shit up. <laughs> I'm not, not happy. Not saying "fleek." Never gonna happen.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's just right. a made-up language, in it just—I uh, yeah. I blame reality TV personally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously, kind of like going back a little bit. So all these sort of preconceptions you had about wrestling that you're gonna you know like because for me the one that was uh, when you when you start wrestling the first couple of sessions you everybody beats you up everybody chops you uh, you, you get beastied, and as ah, like, oh, I, don't, I don't really want to do it. it's you know um so i was probably like, like yourself I, I put it off so i'd have been what age am i so i'd been 24 which compared to obviously you guys like jack nudson yeah he's really been in the business a couple of years now so i've yeah. watched. Always quite late to, to kind of get into it. And I, I kind of fought the same issue if I don't want to go, I don't want to go in this 18, 19 year old acne covered, skinny, pasty, frail little doll and get beasted and run off crying. So I kind of like left it till at least my middle 20s. So yeah. I thought, okay, I'm relatively okay with myself now. I can go do this. But like when, when, when you'd got that first training session under your belt, had that kind of giving you a little bit of confidence here well i've come away from this i've not been beasted by anyone i'm going home relatively unscathed Mm, i'm okay with this was was there anything that you either didn't expect and that happened or something that you kind of um expected would happen and you thought oh this really isn't it at all
0: um Yeah it was a really good experience like I was I was expecting like you mentioned to get absolutely battered by one point but no it was everyone was really sound um obviously did the drills which made me realize oh my god I need to up my cardio because at the time I went I was like going to the gym and I thought you know what I'm fit enough to survive this But, but yeah didn't wasn't sick or didn't pass out so that was good but yeah everyone was like really open and friendly obviously they knew i was like brand new to the whole thing so they took me to one side and sort of like taught me basic like things um but yeah i was expecting obviously these big massive muscly guys who would look like they could like lift a lift a freight train with their bare hands but it was literally just like people like me who you know were just there to learn and obviously, the trainer, one of the trainers I just thought was a student, actually turned out to be a trainer. Uh, his name's Gareth Harris, who's my trainer at my school at the moment. So, love me saying that. Um, uh, there was another guy there called Darren Thunder Walsh. I don't know if you've heard of the guy, but he's absolutely built like a brick shithouse. Like, his, his arm was pretty much the size of my leg. And, you know, he just strolled in and I was just like, holy shit, <laughs> this guy's going to either, like, kill me or just, like, crush me with his bare hands. But no, he was sound as well. Um, so, yeah, it was com- the complete opposite experience of what I expected. And, you know, fair play to him. Like, but, you know, again, yeah, I'm sure there are schools out there that will probably give you, like, a bit more of a harder time. But, you know, they're completely, like, good to me as like a complete novice
1: yeah absolutely I mean i uh, when I kind of came up in training it was a company called BWA it was run by quite an old school trainer called Chris Curtis and a couple of other trainers and he was quite old school trained I mean there was definitely an air of everyone's going to get chopped which I don't think chops teach you anything I know I, 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 I don't get it at all like I've I, I'll openly admit fans have asked me after shows can i chop them and i thought okay i'll do it (laughs) because because they're they're fans that's fine yeah for some for up in training i at least get the mentality of well you should get chopped so that you know how it feels okay i I can i can live with that but i don't get the everyone has got to chop everyone once you've taken one chop you've learned all there is to know about it you don't need to take 13 15 whatever different chops go oh no no his his chops hurt more the chop's a chop unless he yeah. gets you in the front or the
0: nuts the chop is a fucking chop <laughs> that's a, that's one hell of a chop if you're getting hit in the balls like wow <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> like every someone's like you if someone goes okay I'm, I'm going to chop you so you kind of like brace yourself yeah. and they'll just give you like a big sort of stifler from American Pie flick to the nuts instead
0: yeah. oh not, yeah not,
1: not nice not nice at all but you know
0: or, yeah, yeah I was, um, sorry i was just gonna say yeah um yeah the the whole thing with chops i'm not i'm not sure but it seems to be just that people like the noise and the yeah but sort of it looks like you're giving someone a good solid whack but like my, my trainer mentioned this the other day it's like there's not much skill involved in it like um if you can do the same thing, like uh, make a big noise or a big impact without having to physically just slap someone in the chest. That, argues to me, arguably, to me, is more skillful and, and sort of more. you know when you see someone do a big slam or like a big suplex or just something like that, it's just that. That to me is more like ow. Where whereas yeah. like a chop is just like well, it's just someone getting slapped on the chest. And like I've took um, we had a seminar. Uh, from Dave Mastiff and he picked me out to chop me in the chest just to show us how to do it and I was just like yeah I probably won't do these or give these out (laughs) and I say that but I did do one the other week because like the crowd were like asking for a chop so it was like oh okay fine like you said it's like okay you want to see one fine there Uh, you go.
1: Where where do you stand on the on receipts because again this is something that I don't know if it's an old school thing because it does tend to be if you get hurt legit or yet you take something out the ordinary you're going to get a receipt where do you stand on on the giving giving or taking receipts
0: so i've never really been in a position myself where i've had to give a receipt or receive one um but you know if i ever was put in that position i'd like to think you know it's fairly obvious when someone's made a mistake or something's gone wrong And you can go, okay, you know, that's gone wrong. That's fair enough. Like, it was an accident. I can accept that. But when it's someone just being like dangerous and, you know, not putting my safety or theirs, for that matter, uh, first, then that's when I might just be like, okay, I'll let you off this time. But if it happens again, I might just have to have a, like, get you in a hold and just have a word with you because. Uh you know, it's it's it. You, you're putting my safety at risk.
1: Absolutely. Because I mean, I think that that's such a great way of doing it. Because I mean, some people will go, you know what, I'm, I'm, I might just kind of back them into a corner and stiff them. Just give them a little shot. Just yeah. to go, you know, just think about what you're doing. But just get get someone down, get them in a hold. And say, mate, calm your fucking shit. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, great. I mean, honestly, hats off to you for great presence of mind great sort of mentality with that because i say and i know plenty of people that would do both you know i know I think right right might is one of my great examples he, he wouldn't ever yeah you know, he wouldn't ever hurt anyone on purpose he's not that kind of guy at all yeah well i'm pretty sure Ryan would, would do both if someone was being dangerous he, he wouldn't mind giving them just a little just a little shot a little receipt to just say okay calm down but he'd also have the presence of mind you're just sitting down and say no 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 You're meant to leave wrestling the same way that you come into it. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, as I said, I've never been in that situation before, but I'd like to think I'd be, like, quite leaning because I'm not, like I've mentioned before, I'm not, like, an experienced person. I'm still, like, relatively green, so, you know, and as I said, accidents can happen, especially in wrestling because, you know... You're going at 100 miles an hour, you're trying to remember a match or do things like push your body and like, you know, things can go wrong and there's got to be a sort of like tolerance for that. But when it is just a guy that's going out there just to like smack you in the face and like have complete disregard for you and, you know, you you, you just got to like go, OK, that's not OK. Let's just calm down and let's just like get this match done and you know, have, yeah. a, have a chat afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, I'm going to swing you into the first of our sort of two mini miniature little game show segments. And I kind of thought, I, what, what what can I do? What can I do? Because we've done Family Fortunes before, we've done other game shows. Um, I've done little bits and pieces with people like Would You Rather, Snog Marrier Voids, all this sort of thing. But I think the thing I want to do, I want to do with yourself. Is because you're, yeah, you know, say five, six years in this business, still relatively sort of new. Um, I want to get your take on a couple of things. So, what I'm going to ask of you is I want at least sort of one or two unpopular opinions from yourself. So, to do with wrestling. So, this could either be a match that you hold in such high regard that doesn't get enough credit, or the opposite way around, a match that everyone kind of says, is absolutely amazing and you just don't get. And also, I want a wrestling character. So you can talk about WWE and AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, wherever. A top, like literally top-level character. Someone that you just don't connect with. Not that you think isn't great, but someone that is worldwide
0: famous but you just don't connect with. You just go, I don't get it. Um, So I guess match-wise that's a good question like anything that I've never really been a fan of um I would say I was never really a big fan of the hell in the cell match between Mankind or Mick Foley and The Undertaker um you know with the bump through the cage and obviously the bump off the top of the cage uh this is obviously unpopular opinion because most people like it I'd, I just you know It's never really sat well with me seeing someone put themselves through that much like physical pain for the sake of entertainment. And I know obviously the fall through the cage was obviously not meant to happen, but it it just made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, So I guess that's one match where against against popular opinion, unpopular opinion um, that I'm not a fan of. uh gimmick wise or ca- character wise um i never really liked dx so can i say oh, it action yeah like, that's fine yeah i was never really a fan of dx i i was a massive massive nwa fan i completely just i would completely mark mark out for them like because obviously i watched the attitude when i was younger and I honestly thought just DX were just a cheap imitation and I just really did not like anything, much of what they did. And I get a lot of like weird comments for that, but I'm just, I stand by it. I'm more of a NWO fan than DX, which is weird because obviously uh, towards the back end of WCW, NWO just became a bit of a running joke, how they had like half the roster on there on their side and it was just like you know they had the hell's angels coming out with them and it was just getting a bit much but yeah i I'd, I'd say degeneration x for me i was never a huge fan of theirs
1: okay i'll, I'll give it up i'm kind of in the same boat as uh, with the hell and a cell as well but yeah i don't want to i don't want to see anybody get hurt for real that's just it just doesn't sit well with me I, like i hate watching people get hurt in boxing and people getting knocked out in ufc I don't want to
0: see anyone get hurt. Like, yeah. So I, I was just gonna say. I'm not. Re- I'm not a violent person at all, which is weird considering I'm a wrestler. But I, you know, I'm, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to see people like get life changing injuries or you know, like bust themselves open for the sake of like a few, like, a few thousand people. It's just like, yes. yeah. It just, it just wasn't. I wasn't a fan of that.
1: Absolutely. So, like. What does the future hold? Because I've, I've got a few scenarios in my head, but well, because I didn't anticipate you saying you were sort of middle to middle to late sort of thirties, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I Did think you were sort of early twenties, uh, you know? So again, okay, but let's like late thirties. It's not old. I know everyone jokes about it. I mean, DDP didn't start wrestling until he was 35. The Boogeyman, the same. Santino Morales, I think, roughly the same. Yeah. Like, the, it's a great example. We've got guys in their 50s and stuff now. Um, you're Chris Jericho's, your Christopher Daniels. You know, all these kinds of guys that are in the late 40s, early 50s. Keith Myatt, early, early 60s. If he can still do it, fuck it, mate. Late 30s is nothing, absolutely nothing. But with that being said, what do you think the future holds for Mr. Chucky Thunder?
0: Um, so, yeah.
1: so rather than what's it hold what do you want it to hold
0: so yeah um like you mentioned uh uh, with me being in my late 30s people always talk about your late like when you say you're in your late 30s that like you're 50 and i'm like well i can still you know i've got control of my own like like body like i can still walk properly i'm not like I'm not, I'm not close to retiring so it's it's weird when people act like you're really old when you're in your 30s because I I don't I feel like I did when I was in my 20s to be honest Um, but going back to your original question like I just want to get myself out there more because before lockdown I felt like I was getting a bit of momentum people were starting to notice me and you know I was getting more buzz on social media and then obviously like a uh, pandemic here and you know it was almost back to square one um and again I feel like I'm in a position now where people are starting to notice me a bit more and you know people are talking about me. I just wanna get as much experience as I as I can because as I said I'm I'm still learning. I'm still I'm I'm nowhere near like a finished article. So you know to wrestle as many people as I can, work as many shows as I can get out there, you know, get more popular. I mean, people often ask me, do you think you want to go to like WWE or AEW? And I'm like, well, obviously time's not on my side, but you know, you never know. Um, but so just to answer the question as a whole, just, just to wrestle as much as I possibly can and get these like opportunities that I get because they don't come around very often like in this business. So, you know, when you get an opportunity they really got to take it with, like, grasp it with both hands. So, yeah, just, just, just to work as much as possible before uh, my body starts giving out. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think I think you you brought up like a very good point. to so you not not the finished article. I, I'm of the belief that no one's ever the finished article.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. You, you you it's it's one of those things you're constantly learning, like on the job. Like it it makes me laugh when people go and say they're like the must, they've mastered it, and it's like, well, have you really? Because you know you can always learn new. But there's always something. There's always something that changes or evolves, like in this business. So there's always something new to learn, or there's something like new to try. And yeah, yeah it's you, you're constantly like learning. It's like my trainer always says, "You like no one ever like graduates to a degree, or you know becomes like the the a master of like professional wrestling." It's just a constant, and it's one of those things as well that everyone has a different way of doing things. Like I've learned myself, like going to shows, different people have different ways of like working or doing like holds or things like that so there's always like room to learn and improve uh, I, and also one one thing that
1: um it never occurred to me until uh, I mean you, you so I've, I've mentioned him a few times now you've met Keith Myers already uh, I haven't no ah okay um but you, you're aware of him at least yes I am yeah So obviously he's been wrestling longer than nothing, you know, than me and you've been alive. He's 61, 62, still doing it. And where we we live, especially the venue that we run most of the time, is where Keith was born. Everybody knows him. Like every shop you go put a poster up, ah, that's my Keith on the poster. Like everyone's worked with him in the regular day job. Like literally everyone fucking knows him. He's Stoke on Trent's Terry Funk. I mean. And one thing that we, um, so Keith, yeah, in his 60s, and we knew we were going to turn him heel at, at, at some point. And Keith wanted to kind of go down the, the the route that he kind of knew in terms of being a heel. He said, oh, I'll, I'll, I can do some, some of this, some of this, some of this. And I kind of had to sort of sit him down and say, mate, you don't understand how much people fucking love you. Like genuinely fucking love you so much. People aren't even in wrestling, but you know, people that, that have worked with you, that know you, that have drank with you, and everyone that you've ever trained, everyone that's ever worked with you. And he, did, he, did, he kind of wasn't of the um, the mindset of just how much he influences Stoke On Trends, which is obviously where we are. And he wanted to do some of the old school stuff that he used to do. And I said, it won't work anymore. People have got a threshold and because they love you so much, they're more than, they're more willing to forgive you for doing some of those deeds than yeah. would have done 20, 30, 40 years ago. And he kind of a bit, he didn't shrug me off. He's never been disrespectful. But I think he thought, mm, I don't know, Phil, I think you might be reaching on this one. We we did a couple of shows. We did a couple of instances where we were kind of teasing, turning him. And he, he came in the back and said, you know what, I think you might be right. It just never occurred to him that people would hold him in such high regard that they could boo him. I mean, probably Mick Foley's in, in that kind of boat. I don't know what it would take to boo him. I'll, I used to say Ric Flair would have been in that same boat after Dark Side of the Ring. I don't yeah. know if I dare say that anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just want to keep my doing the willy copter. I refuse. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, but... You know what I mean? Like it—it it just hadn't occurred to him that yeah, people see him in such a different light because of how everyone knows him and how long people have known him for. He thought he could go and do the old kind of stuff and it will be okay. And that for him, when he when he said, "No, no, sit down with me. Like let's let's talk it over," it's something that he hadn't thought about. But you could tell that even it is into his sixties, he was like, "Oh shit, still got stuff to learn." And that's the the best example i'll ever be able to give you know if keith might still learning fuck it the rest of us are still learning
0: yeah absolutely like it's like, like i mentioned before there's always something new to learn like you didn't know before and it's just it's of it's, it's, it's like it's like being at school you just there's a lot or no what's the old saying or oh, every day's a school day it's the same kind of thing with wrestling it's just that applies to wrestling as well, and, yeah. That's that, that a really good example as well. And you, you look at these guys as well, like like we mentioned earlier, and you think, yeah, they're the guys who know everything. They're the ones who, you know, you know, they'll be the ones who you ask a question and they'll answer it straight away, so nonchalant, but then you, you get moments like that where you go, oh, okay. They're like me, they're still trying to figure this out and it's, they're still learning.
1: Well the, I suppose the world changes, you know, and you've yeah. got to keep up you've got to keep up with it. you know, the stuff that people used to do in the the eighties. Like, that shit does not fly anymore. And if you you, you kind of come in with the attitude of, oh, I'll just do some you know, 80s stuff and 90s stuff, yeah, that, that ain't going to work. But yeah, every day is a school day. Always got something to learn. You can always improve. You can always uh, work with people, learn little bits. You can learn bits from people that you, you didn't necessarily think you could learn stuff from. Yeah, People that aren't even in wrestling can give you such great examples. And you're like, oh, shit, okay
0: yeah 100 because like wrestling is a pop culture thing isn't it like you know it, it takes it takes so much stuff from like popular culture like music um, films um you know the internet to a degree you know the, 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 it's constantly changing and evolving like you can see it with like i know you spoke again about wwe and aew and you know it, it needs to because otherwise it becomes this dated thing that like you look at and sort of go oh that's a really bad byproduct of the 90s or the 2000s and cringeworthy um so yeah definitely it is definitely uh needs to take lessons and learn from it
1: i think the the best thing uh, best sort of example someone tagged me in this about a month or two ago, is a poster for one of those tribute shows where it's the UK Undertaker, <laughs> the UKK. Like, oh, oh god,
0: excellent! I love uh, stuff like that. It's just like it's hard to believe stuff like that actually happened, but yeah, it it did, it did, and there's proof of it.
1: <laughs> and it wasn't just like a one-off show. I mean, there was touring yeah. promotion that that just did that yeah The the UKDX, like what?
0: Yeah seen all sorts like uk dx and uk brett the hitman heart and it's just wow that's,
1: that's ages badly like really badly yeah. <laughs> so in, in terms of obviously you know, chucky funder's future so you want to wrestle for, for as long as you can possibly do this if say tomorrow for whatever reason um something stopped you from wrestling whether it was a confidence thing whether it was a slight injury that you didn't obviously want to take bumps, but you could still be a physical role in this business, would you want to go down a referee, commentator, announcer, manager route? Because, I mean, with the presentation that you put out, I think being a manager would be the easiest thing in the world to slip into. Getting a heat I think would be an issue for you in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah absolutely I mean it's something I have thought about because you know like you mentioned it only takes like one thing and you know you can't work again um yeah definitely a manager route would be something I'd be interested in like you know like you mentioned just like coming out of the attire and just shouting off a few choice insults and you know there's your heat um Definitely something I'd like to do. A uh, commentary would be something I'd really love to do, like giving color commentary. Uh, I've never done it before, but you know, I would more than happily have a crack at it and sort of learn uh, from people how to do it. Uh, definitely intrigues me because you know I grew up like listening to people like Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan, and, and you know they were absolute marvels like on the microphone when they were commentating. Like Heenan is probably one of the best color top yeah. commentators of all time in my opinion it was just so quick and had his shit yeah. ready to go and it, it that just really appeals to me um so yeah it's definitely something i've thought about and it, again going back to my age you know something like i've thought about if i can't ever work again
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i mean for me i, I thought because i'm a gobby shit was commentary would be a piece of piss <laughs> nothing nothing could be further from the truth oh, for me and yeah. I've been a manager for most of my sort of wrestling career because I couldn't put on any weight, you know. I was always one of those guys, never had like a body or anything. So put me in a suit and the quote, the famous quote that my trainer gave me, you're a great dickhead in a suit.
0: I was, all right, <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll, take, I'll take that. You know, as compliments go, fuck it, I'll take it.
0: That's a, that's a nice quote to put on a gravestone, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's like a life obituary. It was a nice dickhead in a suit.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, this, this, this is the weirdest thing to hear when someone says, you're a great dickhead. I think he's complimenting me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But then like, I thought, because this is what I'm like, my manager, I can get heat, I can cut a promo. I thought I'd be a great commentator. And I'm really not. I, it's ridiculously hard. I mean, and luckily, they put me on with great people like Kieran Moran, uh, G-Man, uh, Mark Adams. Mark Adams is a godsend. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't know how fucking good he is. And I'll say this till the day that I die or he dies, or we both die, who knows. But Magic Mark, Mark Adams is the the, the voice of British wrestling. It doesn't get better than that.
0: Yeah, G-Man. I met G-Man at, uh, at the same PCW show. I met uh, Jack Nudson at as well, and he was a, he was a solid guy. Um, but, yeah, it's like i've I've often practiced it at home which is a weird thing to say but you know i've watched the wrestling match and i've like tried to sort of commentate on it in like a chocolate thunder style and yeah like it's really difficult to sort of obviously you've got to sort of call the action but at the same time you've got to get you've got to get your character over as well but then you've got to put the wrestler over as well and you've got to come up with like these witty one-liners and you know be the entertaining guy but it it's a real challenge like I, f- I find it really difficult yeah
1: or would, would like going down a referee route or anything like that not not interest you
0: um don't know about a referee like I, I've, I've done it once before for a show and I, I was just awful at it so it's just like put me off for life but again respect to like the people who do yeah. it like I met um I've met quite a few decent referees since I've been like doing this and you know, the work ethic and the, the like things you have to know and you know, it always seems like you're the last person to know a finish when you're a referee and you sort of have to learn it on the fly and you know, it it just seems like a really again, one of those jobs you think is easy, but you know, when you do it it's just yeah. the complete opposite.
1: Like the 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 job of referee is to not be noticed, which again that's such a weird thing. You're in a you're in a black and white shirt, so there's a fucking zebra in the ring. Yeah. And the and and the name of the game is to not be seen and, and to not fuck off because no one notices a great referee, but everybody notices a shit referee. And
0: yeah. that's
1: such, such a weird way of going about things. You go, I've got to be so good that people don't see me. What? And that's that, that's some like black mirror kind of shit that you've got to get into that mind space of I've got to be so good that I've become invisible to people. That's that's nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then you, there's going to be like instances where, you know, someone wants to evolve you in a spot. Like at our, our, our shows for FTG Wrestling in Leicester, we have a ref called Charles Wheeler. I don't know if you've met him or had, or, you know, spoke to him at all, but um, he's a great ref. He's like quite like, He's quite articulate, so you know, if he sees a big bump, he'll sort of do a little gesture. And I like to try and sort of like try and have a crack with him as well. So, like, sometimes I'll just say things like, Oh, you counted to three too quick, or it's five in the corners, and just like have a bit of banter with him. And like, he's great. And uh, I also met, uh, I was at Wrestle Island a couple of weeks ago, and I met James Greenwood, and you know, he was fantastic as well. And he was pulling a double that day as well, so he had to do a stint at Wrestle Island and get over to catch. And, you know, he was stressing about that. And it, but he was still, like, doing such a bang-up job. And you're yeah. right. It's, it's all about, like, doing a job, but, like, getting in the way. And it's it's tricky. It really is tricky. Like, I, as I said, I learned the hard way. It's not it's not an easy thing to do.
1: I always, always look at uh, referees like a bass player in a band. Because yeah. look at Band, you know, if it's Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, any, any band you want to put out there, and you go, okay, you can, you can, you know, the lead singer, you know, the guitarist, you know, the drummer. No one ever talks about the bass player, but bass players kind of keeping everyone in line and whatever. So, yeah, referees kind of a bit like bass players, like James Greenwood, superb, Dan Shearer, superb, uh, Tony Barrett of in Stoke, absolutely superb. Yeah, they, they're they're the backbone of wrestling, and they get the least credit possible, which is it's so bad, but they, they, yeah, they, they all know that we love them so big shout out to every british rest uh, rest i say you know british wrestling referee working the scene today if anyone's listening to this it's a ref hats off to you
0: absolutely 100 you're absolute <laughs> legends earlier
1: absolutely so we're going to swing you into the sort of like latter stage of this podcast now, i've been doing this for quite a, quite a little while now and i love people's takes on it so um what I want from you is I need a – it's called Stop, Start, Continue. So what I want is something that we need to stop doing in wrestling, something we need to start doing in wrestling, and something we need to continue doing in wrestling. So stop is something obviously we need, we need to stop doing, start with something we need to start doing, and continue with something that you feel very proud of that we do in wrestling that you want us to continue doing forever and ever. Oh, Okay. See, I, I purposefully didn't tell you we were gonna I I don't tell anyone what we're gonna do because I like improv, I like people to just say whatever it is off the top of their head. So I didn't want you to plan it too much.
0: Yeah, no that no, I, I understand that. Um right, so I guess going back to our earlier conversation with stop, um, uh, I think this whole obsession with hard hitting sounding moves is something that I, f- I feel like we need to stop because like you mentioned there's no skill in just hitting someone really hard like if I wanted to watch that I'd watch MMA or I'd go on YouTube and look for like failarmy.com fail or whatever it's just yeah it's it's never really sat well with me like I mentioned just seeing people get physically hurt just for just to pop a few like 50 odd people um so that's one thing I would say for stop um start doing that's a good one um i would say for british wrestling in general just start appreciate it's, it's this is beginning to happen so it's a good thing just start to appreciate more of the like old school british techniques so like stuff like you'd, you'd see in like old school um world of sport wrestling which i've been watching a lot of lately just things like that. And you're seeing more things now, like I think catcher doing like an open weight tournament, uh the NXT UK are doing like a British British rounds, rules recently. Um so I'd just like to see more of that coming through because obviously there's a lot of like indie style wrestling going on, but not a lot of like the British British style with like, you know, you, you sort of catch style wrestling. Um continue. Um, I would say the positivity that's been going on lately like there's been a lot of shows going on uh, in British wrestling lately and the amount of positivity you see like cut on social media and seeing all these workers like getting shows and getting all these plaudits um, it's just really nice to see and you know just just to see like they did all everyone's hard work that they've put in since coming back out of lockdown Rewarded by all these comments from people on social media and sort of like these ravey views. Obviously, there's been a few like uh, discrepancies or you know things that are kicked off, but it's very minor. um So just this positive feeling we've got going because obviously with speaking out and you know the BLM movement, there's been a lot of negativity. But I just think we'd really like to see this positivity about British wrestling continue on, uh, as I see it from. From like recent shows and recent events
1: yeah but, but i don't think i could have put that perfectly yeah absolutely spot on so if obviously the person few fans who well, i imagine will be the most people that listen to this um they, they've not met you yet we, we've spoken about it we know you're going to be part of the roster there's no two ways about it you're a, you're a perfect fit for me so if they've not had chance to see you yet where can the person few fans and fans listen to this Where can they see you? Where can they get on your socials? Where can they find you?
0: Yep, so my socials, uh, I'm on Facebook. If you search Chocolate from the Wrestler, um, uh, you'll find me on there. Uh, My Twitter and my Instagram are chucky underscore funder. You can follow me on there, like all the posts I put out on there. Um, Wrestling-wise, I've got a show in two weeks for... A place called FTGU Wrestling based in Leicester. It's my home promotion. And it's the school I train at. And that show, it's the first show since lockdown. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it's always a hot crowd where we do the shows. Um, so uh, if you go on YouTube and type in FTGU Wrestling as well, you can see some of the uh, matches I've had in the past for FTGU. So you kind of see the kind of stuff that I'm all about. Um, and, yeah, if you keep an eye on my socials, follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can see, like, uh, all the other shows and appearances that I, I will be at.
1: Well, can I absolutely spot on. Mate, can I tell you, this has been, like, an absolute pleasure because I've, I've interviewed people that I've known forever. I've interviewed people that I've kind of known over the past few years. And every so often, I get a chance to speak to, like, a, a future person future Superstar, like yourself. I like guys like Kit Knox, and it's always good for me because like, there's stuff that I want to know, you know. And yeah. so, so for me to kind of get to know you a little bit, it makes it easier to kind of figure out stuff that we can, we can book you and things like that. So for me, this has been like an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this.
0: Uh, thank you, Phil. It's, I've really enjoyed it, honestly. It's been a great chat.
1: Fantastic. Mate. Honestly, it's cool. So ladies and gents, this has been Snap, Crackle, and Cheap Pops Series 5. Episode 3. He's been Mr. Chucky Fonda. I've been Phil Woodvine. Thank you very much for listening.
0: Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.